welcome, welcome, welcome to Wellbeing Wednesdays. I am your host, Courtney Weaver. I'm also the director over at Well WBU here at West Virginia University. With me is friend of the show, Olivia Dale Pape. She's the director over at the Collegiate Recovery Program. She's also been a guest on this show many times because I just like talking to her. But welcome, Olivia. And for those who are not familiar with you, why don't you just take a minute to talk a little bit about yourself and your role at the university? Yeah, thanks for having me, Courtney. I hope we get to talk about 90 Day Fiance again this time. Um, we yeah, might. So, we're talking about communication. I don't know. You never know. There's some real communication issues on that show. So as Courtney mentioned, I am the director of the WVU Collegiate Recovery Program. We support students who are in recovery, seeking recovery, just supporting others in recovery, have been impacted by addiction. And we're talking about substance use disorders, eating disorders, any mental health or behavioral health illness or concerns. So that might be anxiety, depression. Really, we got a space for everybody at Collegiate Recovery. I myself am a person in long-term recovery from an eating disorder. I'm a recovery ally. I'm an alum of the program. So I've been real involved with it for a long time. And we do all sorts of programming check out refresh we got lots of special events this fall some good things happening and everyone is welcome at our space all right and like olivia said refresh which is just refresh.wvu.edu full calendar of events and i think the new calendar style i haven't visited it in a minute but i know the previous calendar style was only like a week at a time it would show i think it's yes this one yes this stretches out into the future so we have an event on December 2nd, that's already posted. Woo! All right. Well, go all and check that out. I'll put that, I'll put the link to refresh in the description for the podcast just for those folks who haven't been there yet. So, like I briefly mentioned, we're talking today about communication styles and specifically asking for, for what you want, which is, as Olivia said, her current soapbox. So I'm excited <laughs> to hear her talk a little more about that. Uh, before we dive in. To that piece, let's talk about the four main types of communication. So those would be aggressive communication, passive communication, passive aggressive communication, and then assertive communication. So let's go into an example of aggressive communication. So Olivia, when you hear that, like, what do you, what comes to mind? Um, I think about rudeness really is the first thing that comes to mind, like, Mm -hmm. Being over the top. Ooh, gross. Right. And so an example of that, like if I was talking to you, maybe you did something that I didn't like and I would be like, Olivia, you're such an idiot when you do that. Like that's so mean, right? So people who are just like very (laughs) aggressive, (laughs) as the name implies. And then what about passive communication? What are your first thoughts on that one? Passive to me is like... A lot of the saying, I'm sorry for asking you this. Oh, you know, kind of being like very hesitant, um, not being very clear or direct. You know, I hate to bother you, but that sort of thing. Also, if you're from the Midwest, that's how we communicate. (laughs) That's just how we talk. (laughs) Oh my gosh, can you do this thing for me? But it's totally okay if you can't. And you can punch me in the face afterwards and it's fine. Yeah, so passive communication, it's like you're not really standing up for yourself or what you want. So it's more like sort of giving in to whatever else the other person or persons want to to do. Mm -hmm. And now what about passive aggressive? That's just a pernicious 
pairing of words. Passive aggressive. Just ask all of my ex-boyfriends from ages 18 to 25. (laughs) Just kidding. Sorry to everyone. Passive aggressive to me is that sort of backhanded, you know, you know, when you're being passive aggressive, Mm -hmm. saying something with those undertones of, you know, maybe wanting to hurt someone, offend someone. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, I think you did such a good job on that. But I mean, it was a really easy task to do. Mm-hmm. So just yeah, like, having those those qualifiers. I don't really mean this. <laughs> right. Well, so yeah. And then finally, we have assertive communication. And what comes to your mind when you hear those words? So assertive to me, I actually read about recently is kind of that area between aggressive and passive, you know, so being clear, being specific, being confident and asking for what you want, what you need, you know, being very direct, which I think sometimes when we think about being assertive, it's like, ooh, that's scary, you know, but it's not a bad thing. Right. And so of those four styles, what do you think is the best one that we all should strive for? I think it's assertive. Yes. I, I win. Yeah, you won. You won the prize. Um, Do I get one of those WVU Tervis tumblers now? No. <laughs> we don't have that kind of money. So yeah, assertive communication is definitely definitely what we all want to strive for, but it can be very difficult to start, especially if you are someone who struggles with talking about, you know, your feelings or the things that you want and need. So it does take some practice. So we have some tips for folks. So if you're thinking about assertive communication, you can think about the three C's. Mm. So that's clear, confident, and controlled. So Olivia, what when you hear the word clear, what does that mean to you? Being really direct in what you want to ask for. I think sometimes we kind of skirt around, you know, or we're not asking for something you know, when do we want this? What exactly do we want? So setting some boundaries, really clarifying this is what I'm asking for, being clear and intentional about it. Right. And then confident. So that's when you are very sure in what you want and that you're good at communicating that to another person. Sign my email. (laughs) Just dinged out. Yes. Being confident. You know what I think of? I don't know if y'all have been watching all 19 seasons of Grey's Anatomy, but I have. Oh my um, gosh, I have too, actually. I've been doing I love a it. <laughs> I just watched episode four this morning. You know, I think it was Dr. Amelia Shepard who does the like superwoman stance, you know, mm-hmm. putting her hands on her hips. And to me, that's what I think about is like practicing that sort of confidence, you know, like yeah. having that. I mean, it's kind of a goofy example, but having that stance of believing in yourself, um, Remembering that you're worth it. That's part of the confidence. Yeah. Well, actually, when you talked about Amelia Shepard's superhero stance, it reminded me a couple of years ago, I was went to a professional development session about women in the workplace and how when it comes to like negotiating, oftentimes women have been socialized to sort of light and more of the, on the passive side of things. And so they were given like tips and tricks to be a little bit more confident when you're in these situations. And they said that actually what you can do when you're in meetings or anything like that, and you want to feel confident, you obviously can't probably stand up and do your superhero pose, but what you can do, just, uh, just steeple those fingers. I love it. And then you can use them to point to just be like, Hmm, I really think that that's, 
the way to go or whatever. <laughs> so that's a quick, quick little trick. And then, okay, so that last C we have is controlled. So, I mean, to me, when I hear that word, it's in, we're in control of our emotions and our thoughts. Mm-hmm. Is that, is that, yeah. Or like delivering their message in a calm and measured, you know, way. So kind of, yeah, keeping your emotions in check, I think is an important part of that. Yeah. And I like, that's something that I always tend to struggle with too. Cause if you get upset, it's hard to keep it. And that's when you say, you know what, if you can't do it right now, take a 20 minute break. Yep. Maybe come back to it. I, I have an old colleague who always used the three F's, which is, facts, feelings, and fair requests. So when you're talking to someone, this is particularly useful when it comes to like conflict Mm -hmm. resolution. So to say like, if, for example, Olivia, if you and I were roommates and I was upset because you never do the dishes, (laughs) I can say, Olivia, it looks like you haven't done your dishes yet from yesterday. When you do this, I feel a little bit angry because Mm -hmm. then I have to do it. Is it possible for you to at least try and do them once a day? Yeah. 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 And and it's not only the facts, but it's also using those I statements, which I think is just an important part of communication always is sticking to I statements. I feel I am experiencing. Yeah. But you know, it's also interesting. I remember in my freshman year, women's studies class. Okay. uh, My professor, and I don't know why, but this popped into my head the other day. You know, when people say, when they're talking to someone and and sometimes it's in a time of high emotion, but they say, I feel that you do this because of this. And my, I remember my professor was very clear. She's like, that is not a feeling Mm -hmm. that is a thought. And so you need to say like, I feel like you don't want to do this. It's like, no, I think that you don't want to. There is a distinction between those two words. Um, And so to our listeners, if you ever say that, maybe think like, wait, is that actually a feeling or is that actually something that I'm thinking? I love that. Yeah. But yeah, using those I statements is really important. And then another thing, this is my favorite, say no to things. No is a complete sentence. Yeah. No, period. (laughs) Right. No is my favorite thing to say. Um, And that's also one of those things that's really critical when it comes to establishing healthy boundaries. So being say no because you have to respect your time to maybe get Mm -hmm. some work done that you weren't able to get done. Or maybe you just... You just don't feel like being around people. Like I'm an introvert. I don't like to socialize very much. And so, uh, you know, if someone's like, Hey, you want to do this? Usually I'm like, no, I have to. (laughs) I'm going to practice saying no to my boss today. I'm just going to send an email that says no. (laughs) (laughs) Nathan will love that. We have the same boss. (laughs) Well, I think also with no though, I mean, with anything, but like people aren't mind readers. Yeah. You know, it's like we have to be clear and communicate our needs, even if our need, especially if our need is, I, I do not have the capacity for this, or this is not something I want to do, saying no, you know, as opposed to like, oh, they should just know this. Right. And even if your body language is maybe stating like some sort of hesitancy, remember, not everyone can read body language, you know, the same way that you can, or maybe you're actually not as clear as you think that you are. So it's always Mm -hmm. best to say what you need to say. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can always, if you're just, if you don't want to say no, period, that's it. You can just be like, you know, thanks for this, but unfortunately I have to do something else. Maybe check back with me 
in a week or two and we can figure something out. So it's like a soft no. Yeah, a soft no. Yeah, but it's still you taking your time for yourself. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so what happens when you're in a situation, whether it's a conflict or maybe it's the professor wants to see you after class. And like, I know like my heart rate would like, like my heart would thump out of my chest at the prospect of that when I was, at my, the- my throat just dropped into my stomach when you said that, like, Ooh, now I'm in trouble. Right. <laughs> Especially if it was like written on your paper, like, please see me. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, what are some, what are some tips or what's a tip, a quick tip that people can do to get sort of their emotions in check? I think always taking a pause. So, I mean, this is such a critical thing in, in many ways, but when we have high emotions, there's a lot of impulses there. And so taking a pause, taking a beat, could you excuse me for a second? I'm going to run to the restroom and I'll be right back. Mm -hmm. Allowing yourself that. I also suggest this to students. Like if you're giving a presentation and you're nervous, like give yourself a pause, you know, collect yourself for a second. Nobody really cares, you Mm -hmm. know, give yourself that second. And I always think like, I have to run to the restroom. I've got to take a quick call. Like whatever that excuse is that you need, you're worth it. Yeah, no, that's that's great advice. And if you're kind of thinking, I don't know if I can make this change to be an assertive communicator, remember, make small changes first. So maybe if you're someone who gets asked to do a lot of things, I mean, I know so many students over the course of my career that are just so over-involved and like never really said no to anything. But like, try saying no to something, even if it's something mm-hmm. really minor, you know, like, hey, you want to watch this episode of Grey's Anatomy with me? Like, no, thank you, but I need to study, you know, just just taking those small steps. Um, And so now let's get to asking for what you want. So Olivia apparently has a great story about. I know know I'd say great, but I have a very relevant story that to me speaks mountains. And it really is about making those small changes. So for asking for what you want. So I am a Midwesterner. I am a people pleaser. It's very uncomfortable for me to, you know, be assertive sometimes. I don't want to rock the boat. Mm -hmm. So a couple of years ago, I used to go to Panera, shout out Panera, hashtag bagels. I went there, you know, a couple of times a month and sometimes I would get a cinnamon roll and I would read a book and I really looked forward to these cinnamon rolls. And every time I would go up and ask for one, I had my eye on a specific one. But I never wanted to be specific about it because, oh, I don't want to bother them. They're so busy. Like anyone they give me is fine. But listen, like I love city rolls. And finally, I was like, I'm going to give myself this practice of asking for what I want. And so one day I went up and I said, you know, can I get a cinnamon roll for here? And I want this specific one in the middle, back left, you know, and- the person did not bat an eye. And for me, it was like this superhero moment where it was, I got clear about what I wanted. I communicated it. I wasn't rude. You know, you don't have to be rude asking for what you want. It didn't rock any sort of boat. And the cinnamon roll was amazing. It had extra frosting. And for me, it's like, that is that you know, example of taking those small steps, even as something that seems as silly as like, oh, I'm asking for the specific pastry that I want. For me, it was really empowering to see what happened. And, you know, there, from there, I can build on that and say next time, you know, I'm going to ask for something bigger. Maybe it's with my job. Maybe it's with my partner. But I don't know, just having an example of a little thing and seeing, hey, that really went okay. And it felt good because the end result was what I wanted. Nice. That's that's a beautiful story. I really Thank you. 
I also really like cinnamon rolls. So yeah, it's really about making the, those small changes. So before we wrap up, Olivia, I know you, as I mentioned earlier, this is your current soapbox, but is there anything <laughs> else you want to, you know, tell our listeners on this particular topic that we didn't already discuss? I think we went through a lot, but I think, you know, and I I believe you said you're going to be talking about setting boundaries at a later podcast, but like communication stuff is also, you know, in setting boundaries and sticking to them, you know, what will and what you tolerate when you're asking for what you want or what you need. Setting boundaries is really important. And again, remembering like you are worth it. I am for sure worth the cinnamon roll of my dreams. Like if I want the one with all the frosting, heck yeah. But I have to ask for it because guess what? They're not mind readers and they don't know what I'm looking for. Right. So that's a really, that's a perfect example because I mean, it was, it was so small and mm-hmm. it was that they're not mind readers. It's not like you could tell them with your body language, like go that way, like yeah. moving your head, like, hey, nope, 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 I want that one. You could just say, hey, that's the one I want. Could you please give that one yep. to me? That's yep. it. Exactly. And, and remembering like, I think especially for women, sometimes we're taught like, oh, you should be, you know, kind of passive. And it's like, it doesn't make you bad or mean or rude or disrespectful to be assertive about what you want. And in fact, in a lot of your relationships, whether they're professional or friendships or partnerships, it's going to make the relationship better when you're clear about what you want and what you need. Yeah. I think we could do a whole other podcast about like, what happens when women are assertive and how that is viewed perhaps yes. by um, different folks, but uh, we don't have time for that today. So maybe that's next time when we're on this podcast, but yeah, thank you so much, Olivia. I always appreciate you being a guest and your willingness to participate. So thank you for being on the show and thank you to all of our listeners. And we will catch you next time on wellbeing Wednesdays.